you know, my whole life. I'm just been waiting for someone to come along and save me in some way, you know. It, it's so empowering to realize that it's you, boo. <laughs> you know, that like you can be the one that you need. And, you know, and I think that part of that is trusting that we can do that. Welcome to The Fostered. Today we have a very, very, very special guest. We have Miss Ashley Larkin, a good friend of mine. She is the head of wellness at True Voice. She is a mother. She is a wife. We're very happy to have you here today on The Fostered. How are you doing today? Thank you, Angel. I'm doing amazing. I'm super excited to be here as well and just to get to chat with you. I'm really excited. I'm a fan of you, Angel. So. Likewise, <laughs> for sure. Likewise, How, I like to start each interview off by just asking, "What is your story?" Well, man, you just jumped right in. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is my story? Man, I have so many. I have so many stories. Um, I think one of the stories I tell to myself about my journey is, um, I'm a healer, mm. and. Um, I can look back all the way back to my childhood where I was just looking for ways to make sense of the world, make sense of what was happening in my family. Um, I, I, I remember as a child, just trying to, I was so outspoken, you know, mm-hmm. I was so outspoken. I had a lot to say and, um, I remember not always feeling heard. And so, um, I've gone through my life in different phases, whether that's in relationships that I had in high school, in college, um, trying to trying to be heard, trying to find that voice for myself. And, um, you know, I got a f- fancy job as a fashion designer at one point, and I was trying to make my make my claim there and find my voice there. And, you know, that, that's followed me throughout my life, even as I got married and had kids, like just trying to find my way. And I think the thread of that is that um, I'm looking for healing and answers for myself for things that came up in my family um, and how I can talk about that stuff. And so I'm still working on that. That is still a long journey, um, but my heart is helping people um, find their way, you know, find their paths to themselves as well. And I love doing that through art. I'm a therapist as well. Um, yeah, I, I, healing is my jam. Is, is how I like to talk about it, and um, and not just for the sake of healing. For the sake of healing, that can be exhausting. But I think on the other side of healing is wanting to show up to life all the way. You know, mm-hmm. I want to feel my feelings. I want to. I want to taste my food. I want to. I want to feel the rain on me. I want to. I want to experience all of life. And there's just so many things that have gotten in the way of that, and so. Yeah, I've been curious. A long path of curiosity. I love that. Listeners of the pod know like how big I am on curiosity. I don't mm. think I knew that you were a fashion designer. That is so yes. dope. Yes. How did you that's such a different road to than being a therapist. So like how did you cuz something that I'm struggling with right now is maybe like the goals I have for myself don't necessarily align with where I am now, but like I was so dedicated to that version of myself that I wanted to be like a filmmaker and a videographer and all that. And not necessarily that I'm abandoning those things, but I think it just looks a little bit more differently for me now. Like I'm really about wellness and similar to you, like healing and making this accessible to women of color, specifically black women. 
but it's been hard for me to let go of that version of myself a little bit. And so how did you, how did you make that pivot? This question is delicious. Um, (laughs) um, You know, I'll go back and then I'll come to present day. So, you know, I, I started as an artist. I, my perspective on the world was very much an artist's perspective. You know, I, I love to create. I still love to create. And in the beginning, um, you know, my it, sewing fashion is part of my family. My mom did fashion. My grandmother, she made patterns and clothes out of newspapers. And so oh, wow. it was just something that was passed down, you know. And so, um, so I learned how to sew at a young age. And so I went to school for fashion. I did it for several years after. And, um, you know, my my take on fashion was never like a ready to wear situation. Mm-hmm. It was um, art. It was always art for me. And so I was trying to tell stories, even then, stories about humanity, stories about healing, stories about how we can feel feelings. Um, and art was just, fashion was the canvas for me. And so, but that wasn't the kind of art fashion that I got to do. I was, I was making wedding gowns and, um, and costumes and things like that, but it, it never arrived to being um, something. It was a it was a job. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make money and make ends meet, and so I lost my passion for it. You know, I was the creative part of it got lost to having to fulfill other people's um, thoughts about what I should be making. You know, I was I was sewing. I wasn't mm-hmm. creating. You know what I'm saying? I was making things for others and. That worked for when it worked, but then it stopped and I just lost my complete desire. I wouldn't, man, I don't know how long it was. It's, I would say 15, 15 years, 15 years, 10 to 15 years, something like that. I stopped. I just stopped sewing. I stopped, I didn't, wouldn't even, I refused to sew on a button. You can ask my husband. I wouldn't even <laughs> sew on buttons. And so I say that. And then I learned, you know, I went into, um, my, my thing was that I was always trying to tell stories. And so I went into the healing profession and learned to become a therapist because it was, it's, it was still congruent, right? I still mm-hmm. wanted to learn what was going on with the human experience and, and how I could tell better stories about it. I had this art component, but I wanted to understand people better so that I could really actually do something to help. And so I, I've done that for many years. And um, to arrive at this present time in my life, I have felt so uh, at a loss for this artist part of myself. It's She's been in the distance. Um, and because art and creativity is such a deep part of me, it's something that I'm, I'm coming back into now. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I've got a little um, space now with a, a dress form and fabrics that I'm excited. Yeah, this is, this is, I've made a promise to myself to make something and exhibit it this year. Oh my um, gosh. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm just, you know, it's like you divorce parts of yourself and I, I feel like it's, it's, it's time for me to come back to that. It's that the creative part of me got pushed down so far because of all the responsibility. And I just really hadn't given myself permission to come back to it. And so really excited about that. And it's funny, I, I've started leading with the way that I talk about what I do. I say I'm an artist first now, almost as a way of just speaking that out for myself and helping me to remember. Yeah. 
I love that so much. Please let me know when this exhibit is so I can come to Nashville to see it. I would love to. Oh my gosh. I I feel like this is something that I'm hearing more that about mothers speaking out, like like you said about the responsibilities. Like as women, especially black women, we've been taught we need to prioritize our husband. I'm sure you've probably seen the de- debates around like he, you need to make his plate. Like that's been like a big yeah. thing right now. And then you have, you know, your children. It's like you put all these things before yourself. And then you look up and you're like, what happened to me? Yes. Yes. That's my, that's my story. You know, I mean, you asked me my story at the beginning. There's so many stories. Like yeah. Said, right? And my kids are um, six and seven, um, mm-hmm. about to be six and eight. And I'm, I'm getting into this sweet spot now where like, oh, they make their breakfast for themselves in the morning. You know, they, they're, there's, they can do the things for themselves, but you know, I look back on um, those first, you know, several years and man, like, I, you know, when my friends get pregnant now and are about to give birth and things like that, I always talk about, you know, you're, you're giving birth to a baby, but you're also giving birth to yourself again, like this mm-hmm. new you that you don't even know exists. And so for me, it was, it's so much responsibility. Like parenting is so much for, um, for any parent and it brings up so much. And so I, I found myself in service to them. I'm like, I'm a caregiver, right. By my profession. And I was a caregiver at home and add any other dynamics to that. And the, and the pot was full, you know, we had a pandemic, we're in a pandemic and um, everything was stirring. And so I had, you know, we, we can get to this more, but I had my own like personal break, breaking point somewhere in there. And um, I just wanted to be taken care of. Oof. I was just, I just longing to be taken care of. And as a mother, um, as a black woman, like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. like, who is, who is going to hold me up? You know, I'm, holding up all of these other worlds, but where do I go for that mm-hmm. um, stuff that I need? And I think that's one of the, the things I've experienced as a mother. It's like, there's this, you know, you want to, you want to talk about how beautiful motherhood is and it is, it's, it's amazing, but it's also like this um, mix of uh, grief of who you were you know, how you could just leave the house and on a dime, all these things that you were accustomed to and now reacclimating to being this person that someone depends on for their life, you know, and how do you show up for yourself in the midst of all that? That's been the hardest part of this journey. It's like, how do I find time for myself um, with all of the things, the demands that come with this motherhood job? Ooh. I feel like this is the conversation I wish I was hearing from more mothers. And like, I get my grandma is always like, when are you having kids? When are you getting married? And I feel like I'm like, I just want to take my time. I just want to wait. And I think, too, if more people were having this conversation, then maybe it will be more normalized for people wanting to yes. wait yes. and not have kids immediately because it is such a life adjustment. But yeah. I want to ask you, like, how have you made time for yourself now and how have you been prioritizing yourself? Hmm. Well, this is my thing. This mm-hmm. is yet another story that I am in the midst of. And um, it's really the heart of what I love to do in this whole healing thing as well. 
Um, I let me let me go back to. Okay. Had a, I've had a couple phases of this, right? So I spoke of like this breaking point that I had um, a few years back, and you know, I was in the shower. I have breakthroughs in the shower. I don't know. Girl, me too. <laughs> <laughs> the shower is the place. What's your sign again? Pisces. Oh, Pisces. Yeah. Yes, I was in my habitat. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I was in the shower and um, I can't remember the specifics of what was happening, but uh, I was in so much pain. You know, my husband had disappointed me in some way. My mm-hmm. my kids, I felt stifled by my kids. It's that feeling I was just trying to paint a picture of, just feeling flooded and who's going to take care of me. And, you know, compound that with childhood and um environments that we're in and all of that. And I'm, I'm in this space and I'm just having this moment of like, just um, feeling betrayed. Mm. Um, all these other folks that I wanted to take care of me, namely at the time it was my husband. And um, I was just, I was just broken, heartbroken is really the feeling. And I just remember this feeling of like, I was weeping, but I kind of girdled myself for the first time that I can remember and saying, well, if it's not them, then who is it? Who's going to who's gonna be there for you? And I had this visual of just taking these reins back for my own life. And it's not something that I had. I'm a therapist, right? I studied this work. I'm, I help other people do this, but it's not something that I had um, taken from here to here, to my, mm-hmm. from head to heart you know, for myself. And, um, and so I had this moment that a a song came to me, if I'm quite honest, this is that artist part of myself, my own song, not someone like words, I'm not a singer. (laughs) Um, But a song came to my heart. And the the lyrics were just, um, I'm picking up the pieces of my joy. Yeah. And so this, you know, these words just came to me about I'm picking up the pieces of my joy. They've been scattered and fallen, but I hear them calling. I'm picking up the pieces of my joy. So I start singing this song to myself over and over again. And it just became this um, inner anthem or mantra for me going on this journey of picking up all these pieces of my life that I felt had been shattered or I felt let down by. And, you know, there's this word that I use now to describe this experience. And I I call it, I don't call it, you know, a name for it is sovereignty, right? It's like putting ourselves back at the throne of our lives, you know, realizing that we can be the ones we're looking for. um, That we can be our own wise friend. um, That we can reparent ourselves is how we talk about it in, in psychology that I can advocate for myself. And this concept was really new for me at the time. And um, I remember feeling like, well, man, if it's me, like, what do I like? Mm -hmm. What do I actually want? You know, what am I feeling? It became this, this viewing of myself again. You know, I was a mother, I was a partner, and there was all these pieces of myself that I had forgotten. 
And so I, it was just this beginning of self-discovery um, and really kind of getting to know myself intimately and taking classes and remembering the things that lit me up and brought me joy again. And so it was fun at that first phase anyway, of just like relearning the things that light me up. And so, you know, I've been on this path for many years now. And at this phase that I'm in most recently, I'm still in this, you know, still in this like um, reclaiming of my sovereignty, like this agency over my own life. And um, I think some of the things that I've learned in this season are just like, how do, how do I, how do I make space for myself? You know, how do I, when someone else asks me something that they want me to do, and it's really not something in my purview, how do I say no when I mean no? How do I establish boundaries? How do I uh, not feel so the need to people please so much? All these, all this unpacking of this mm-hmm. of the conditioning that I've had over the course of life, right? All these voices and messages that tell us we need to do things a certain way that um, we, we take in and we believe, right? And so I'm, I'm unpacking that. And I, I think um, I think it was in November. Yeah, November, I went on this, um, girl, I went to Jamaica. This <laughs> <laughs> was an amazing yoga retreat. And it was amazing. And then it was paradise. I needed a little getaway. My whole thing at the time was when I needed to feel better, I traveled and um, and it was just my way of restoring myself when my my family life and when being at home just felt overwhelming. I was like, I'm out. This is peace, you know. <laughs> so I'd go restore myself and then try to come back home. And so I did that. I went on this yoga retreat. I was like, man, I was eating lobster out the ocean. Oh, was, yes. You know, it was everything that you want out of Jamaica. It was paradise. And um, I was doing yoga at the sunsets. It was perfect. And so I, I got, I had space to hear myself again and to take care of myself about all of these voices and needs and responsibilities. And it was amazing. And then, and so I came back feeling like myself more than I had in a really long time. And so I came back home and home was great. My partner he had washed my car you know yes done sweet things they were they came I came back to sweetness but within a day like all of the responsibilities came flooding back you know my partner and I getting an argument all within a day and I'm coming back I'm like no nothing's going to affect me the same I've gathered mm-hmm. <laughs> got all of that I need I'm going to make this last for a long time I'm a new person yes. <laughs> the whole day <laughs> And so I remember talking to my therapist. And so, I, you know, a week went on and I was just so sad and grieved that I couldn't have this experience at home, mm-hmm. that this experience of feeling like myself could only happen in this faraway land in Jamaica. And I was and I was like, is this what it has to be? Is this what it is? Like, I can't feel this good at home with my family and my people and this isn't sustainable. And so I, I'm on the phone with my therapist, you know, having a beautiful session and I'm telling her all this stuff that I'm telling you. And um, she looks at me and she's like, well, Ashley, like you already know what to do. I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and, and she says, well, your cup got filled in Jamaica. You felt full, you felt an overflow. 
and you just poured it all out. You, you gave it, it's gotten poured out to your family and to all the responsibilities that you've come back to. You just need to fill your cup again. And that doesn't always, that doesn't just have to happen in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a new thought, but for some reason it was, um, it shifted my paradigm. And so I, I had this new phase of my journey where I'm really just, you know, I pull those reins even tighter, right? And so I'm, um, I've got these practices that are a part of my life that uh, I've had practices, but I've, I've just taken it up to a new level because I'm like, what fills my cup? This is, if life is going to be worth living the way that I say it is, then I've got to do the things regularly. I've got to do the things that make me feel alive, that make me feel joy um, and feel supportive and sustain me. And so I've really built my life around that now, you know, so that I don't feel like I always have to escape my life to feel okay. Um, And uh, yeah, talking a lot here, but. No, this is so good. Oh, this is so, so good. I'm like needing to hear all of this. Um, It was just Valentine's Day and I was a little bit like wanting my partner to show up a certain way for me. And like also social media feeds into this a little bit too. And so I'm just like comparing my relationship to what I'm seeing on social media. And something that was clicking for me is like, I just need to show myself the love. And whatever he does is, like, a nice extra. But, like, I can't keep wanting him to show up in the way that I need – like, I need to give myself that love. I can't keep making him the person responsible Mm -hmm. for that. And so what you're saying is just really resonating (laughs) for me. Um, Because, yeah, I don't want to have to escape my life and then come back and be – because I did did a similar trip and then was hoping to come back and, like, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to do any of this. And it's like, that's just not realistic. But you have to create a life that you love within the life you have currently. Yes, you said it well. You said it well. And I I relate to the Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yes. There's so many versions of that, you know, where I'm like – you know, my whole life, I've just been waiting for someone to come along and save me in some way, you know? And um, it, it's so empowering to realize that it's you, boo. <laughs> you know, that like you can be the one that you need. And, you know, and I think that part of that is trusting that we can do that. You know, yeah. like one of the things that is, um, you know, I, I think part of my experience was self-neglect and self-abandonment. And we all do that in some form, not because of a problem in us, but because of what we experience in society mm-hmm. that we survive this experience that we're having. So there's things about ourselves we have, we end up abandoning to be um, here and survive it. And so we, we do the work of coming back to those things that we had to abandon, those pieces, you know, I'm picking mm-hmm. up the pieces of my joy. I think of that. But um but yeah, I think it's just like realizing that um, we can trust ourselves to know what we need. We can get re-familiar with ourselves. You know, I, I talk a lot about mindfulness. I, I work for a meditation and mindfulness experience. And so I just think, you know, there's so much to be aware of, right? Mindfulness is about becoming aware um, of your world and yourself. And there's a lot there, but turning that awareness to ourselves is how we get to learn, you know, that we can trust ourselves to show up. Like I could, like I said, I was learning what I loved again, like, oh, I actually like to do this. 
oh, you know what? A dream of mine is to do this. My values are this. Or mm. I feel most alive when I'm traveling and experiencing new adventures. Just like getting to know ourselves is like this um, beautiful invitation that I don't know that um, is taught to us early on. You know, it's like this chance to be devoted to ourselves and be our Valentine, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is not an, uh, what I what I don't want people to hear is that, oh, it's just me all by myself. I'm the, I'm the, an individual and I'm in my silo and I can only depend on me. Like that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm a, I'm a family therapist and so my whole heart is what the bigger picture looks like. And so, but I do think that when we get the chance to do that, show up for ourselves, then I can be in relationship with my partner without all of these expectations on him. I just get to mm-hmm. love him. I get to say, oh, I enjoy your company. You know, like this year, I honestly didn't have any Valentine expectations because of a lot of reasons. But I was, I've been in your shoes for most years on Valentine's Day. But this year I was like, you know, I feel good. I'm taking care of myself. I'm showing my self love on a regular basis. And so it's only a bonus when he, you know, does something um, kind like that. And so there were some kind gestures and it's just, it's nice. It just got to be what it was. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's no pressure on it to, um, for him to be the things that I need to feel good. Like I get to do that. I get to be a participant in that. I love that. How, did you introduce this to your like your family to get them on board and like support? Because obviously, like this is like a little bit of a dynamic change in the yeah. family structure. If they know you as being like mom is this, my wife is this, and now you're like I'm going to prioritize myself more. So how did you introduce that into your family, and how were how did they get on board? Angel, first of all, can I just shout you out for these questions? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so heard. I feel so heard. I feel like you're listening to me and what's under what I'm saying. And that's just, it's a lovely thing. Um, Thank you for saying um, that. I try to be in my Oprah era. <laughs> you, you are in your Oprah era. What lovely, what a lovely question that you could hear that that's there to, to ask that. Um, you know, it's a, it's an amazing question because um, it's not just me. You, you said it right. My, my family is a part of all of this. And so when I first started on this path, there was, there was resistance, right? Mm. Because I changed. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try not doing this thing that I always do for you guys. And I didn't, I didn't announce it. I just stopped doing it. I just, I just stopped doing whatever those things that I had taken on all these responsibilities for. And I just, I remember kind of phasing out of it, not even realizing that I was doing that, but realizing that I was taking on more responsibility than it was good for me. And so um, so things just started to go get left undone. And so, you know, whether that was just like something like dishes mm-hmm. or plans, whatever the things I, I was doing for the family that I didn't feel like supported me in that way anymore. And, um, and so, you know, what's shifted. And when I say resistance, nobody was mad. It was more of like, what's up? (laughs) Are you, are you not doing this anymore? You know? And so what's shifted is now the understanding that, you know, my partner and my children are capable of doing these things that I had taken on. Right. Like Mm -hmm. my kids, my kids do their laundry. 
right? They separate. I think it's important to note too that you have two boys. Yes. And so for them to also see like what role a woman serves. I'm so conscious of that. And so is my husband. We're very conscious of what they're observing because um, from my family and what I've seen, right? It's like these domestic roles live on generation to generation Mm -hmm. if we don't actually hold them accountable to be able to to do these things. They are capable of doing these things just like any woman, wife, whatever. And so um, we're really mindful about that. But I, I... so my kids, you know, I started to give them some of the responsibility that I was taking for them, that it's actually good for them to own for themselves. And we, we talk to them about, um, we have time when they get home from school, it's okay, it's self-care time. Mm. And so they come home, they take their backpack out and we have just a quiet time where they get to have self-care, whether that's when they go down and take their bath, they do some reading. And so we introduce these ideas to them in that way. But I never have made an announcement and said, hey, guys, mama's not doing this crap no more. You know, when it did, when times do get, do and did get uh, to be too much, that's when I would just um, take the liberty to take a trip. You know, I did restorative things for myself or I'd take a class. You know, I, I had this thing where I felt like I was waiting for my husband to give me permission to mm-hmm. go take, you know, go do something fun for myself. I wanted him to say, hey, babe, you work so hard. Why don't you go take a night for yourself, you know? And I would watch him do it. And I was like, well, he just go when he wants to go. What? I was going to say, Shabazz does whatever he wants to do, it seems like. <laughs> he was doing his thing. And so it dawned on me with some therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can take up that space as well. In yes. this relationship. And so I started doing that. I started being like, okay, I, I made some plans and I'm about to be out, you know, and it shifted our dynamic. And um, and so now I don't put the burden on myself to be the one to to take up this default stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. um, I'm learning to outsource, which if that's available to you, it's, um, you know, some folks have grandparents and things nearby. We don't. And so- I try to get a, a sitter now for so that I can have space so that I don't have to depend on my husband being the one to, you know, going to him to get permission. Hey, can I go out? Do you think you can watch the kids tonight? Like sometimes that's not available. And so I don't like the feeling of being locked up in that um, and not being able to take up space. Um, and so, you know, those are some of the things. And, and now, you know, now they've become accustomed to me. I take breaks, you know, I take pauses. I go downstairs and just have some me time. Hey, mama's having me time. I just need a few minutes. You know, they respect that and they honor that. Um, I build in um, a weekend every month um, that we call focus time. So each parent gets a focus weekend. My oh, I love that. Yeah, he gets one and I get a focus weekend and we just get to be, um, you know, we just get to dip when we want to dip. So if it's my focus weekend, my husband is the one who's primarily responsible for the kids, you know, and the meals and all of that. And um, we've just really worked to, like, make a sense of um, shared responsibility at home. And it's still not completely even in a like tick for tack kind of way, right? But you know, we share meals. I make I make breakfast. My partner makes dinner. 
Um, and we have that focus weekend, you know, once a month so that we can devote, we know that we've got this time to do it, whatever it is that we want to do. You need that feeling of freedom um, that I talked about, you know, just being a, ch a chance to just hear yourself. And so those are some of the ways, I don't know if I fully answered your question, but. Um, no, you definitely did. One of the things I can think of. And, you know, funny enough, like my son, we were, um, my older son, we were driving home from school one day and we were talking about money. I can't remember how we got on it. And he was like, yeah, you, you know, you got, um, you have to think about money. Money has value, but not everything is about money. You know, money's not the most important thing. And I, I was like, hmm, well, what is the most important thing? And I was just curious to what he would say. And he was, and he said, taking care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. That's the I most love important that. thing. And I said, I put my hand on my heart. I leaned back and I was like, my work is done. Literally. I can go today, <laughs> can go today and he's got the seed that I would only hope that he could have, you know, is that it's okay to prioritize yourself. You know, I might not say that in my words at home at all times, but they know that I work in a, in a, an industry of wellness and helping people feel better about themselves. They understand that. And, um, and so I, I love that somehow that is translating to them to be able to understand, to make that a priority. I love that. Yeah. That is just so special. No, it, it, it really is what you want as a parent. You know, there's so much, there's so much guilt, so much guilt that comes with parenting uh, and, so many questions and doubts are like, did I do enough? You know, am I, am I giving them enough? Am I present enough? All the things, am I enough, you know? And just, just the reward in hearing my child tell me that he knows that taking care of himself is a priority. Like I'm not gonna be with him at all times for the rest of his days. Even now, the things I offer him are what I offer him, but his life is his own. You know, and so I just um, my hope is that it doesn't take them 30 something years to realize that they can have permission to take care of themselves. You know, it definitely won't because <laughs> they are already <laughs> getting it yeah. by the example that you're setting. Mm -hmm. That's Thank so special. You. Thank you. Do you have any tools or resources that maybe helped you that you think would be helpful to share with any of our listeners? Hmm. Yes. Um, I love that. I think, well, I love to read. Let me start there. I love to read. I read a lot. Um, reading makes me feel, um, more confident and competent in the world. Um, and so, uh, a couple of my favorite books are that have really illuminated the journey in words that make sense to me. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Yersa Daily Ward. Um, yes, I love her. Yeah, she's a poet and writer. Um, and she has a book called The How. And I think that book, have you read it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it does a beautiful job of, um, of, of just humanly and poetically talking about meeting yourself again, you know, um, and it was just such an enjoyable read for me. So the how is something I love to share. Um, and then and it's a short read too. And it's, it's a short read. Yes, it's very digestible. The chapters are short. 
And um, I love a good short chapter. <laughs> Me too. It's <laughs> like, I got through that. I, I did it. So um, I love that one. And then a more um, extensive um, read that I also love is called... Um, the name is escaping me. Oh, How to Do the Work. It's called mm -hmm. How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera. Um, and, you know, there's so many, I've read so many wellness books. I'm reading Lighter right now um, by uh, uh, Young Pueblo is his name on Instagram. Well, I haven't read that. I need to add that to yeah, Lighter. Oh, it's so lovely. His, his journal questions or prompt, they're really prompts at the end are some of the best that I've found. You know, sometimes I'm resistant to prompts at the end of chapters. Yeah, same. Long, <laughs> you know? But there's something about these that actually I sit with and I um I actually, they kind of sit with me throughout the day. And so I really love that one. So a, a lot of books, there's, what I'm excited about actually is like, there's so many um, Black practitioners who mm -hmm. are, getting the chance to put their work and their practice into pages. And so we get to see that. I'm a fan of um, um, uh, Nedra Tawab, Dr. Nedra Tawab. She does the um, bound. She does a lot of work on boundaries. Um, Dr. Thelma Bryant. So many. There's so many. Yeah, I haven't heard of these people. I'm going to add yeah, those to the list too. There's some great ones. Um, and, and so there's this, it's really exciting that all of these uh, Black practitioners are kind of retelling the story of how we do this work, you know, mm -hmm. um, psychology and therapy, as we know, it has been a really, um, it, it wasn't designed for our, our, our journey. It's, it's kind of skipped over our, some of our needs and normal, that normal isn't necessarily our normal. And so getting the chance to weave in all parts of ourselves, right. This beautiful science that we have, but also this ancient wisdom that we have mm -hmm. that both can coexist next to each other. And so um, I kind of love that that's really showing up in our time. And so those are some book resources. And personally, um, I, I meditate. Um, I love um, meditation as a practice to, um, I call it come home to myself. You know, it's really with so much noise in our lives, my life, it's that quiet moment that I get to really hear myself again, um, to see my thoughts and just kind of notice myself, you know? Um, and so that has been something that has really been life-giving for me. I started meditating um, several years ago and it was really out of desperation, if I'm honest. You know, I, I have, have, have and had um, some real challenges with anxiety. And so meditation was something that at the time I turned to to help me with anxiety <clears throat> and all of this fear that I was struggling with. Um, and so and so now, you know, my practice has evolved, but really just, you know, that those few minutes really set up my day. It slows mm -hmm. things down. You know, it's like there's a there's space between me and my thoughts, space between me and my reactions. And I I see uh, the fruit of that from my my practice. It's not all gravy every time. You know, there's many times where I don't want to show up. You know, um, I feel the same way about my um, my movement routine. Like I do yoga, you know, I do some um, 
exercise in the gym kind of thing. But the movement, sometimes you just don't want to show up for that stuff. Yeah, you know? no, I but- definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I feel you on that. I feel yeah. that on med- meditation too. Something I just heard someone say recently too is like, like, anxiety and depression can a lot of times show up as irritability in black women and I had never heard that but I was like that because like I get so irritated and I'm like why do I feel like this and it's like it's just another way of like being anxious that's right and it it manifests in so many different ways I saw that I saw that um, yeah as well that was a good one but yeah it manifests in so many different ways and like I just think I think that's one of the beautiful things about meditation or just being mindful in general, like you get to, you get to see, it's mm-hmm. like getting the chance to like take a closer look at yourself. And when I, I do that, right. I, I start to notice, Oh, wow. Like I feel anxious in my body. Like even, even this interview, right. Like before, before we started, I felt nervous and I noticed that in myself. And what are you nervous about? And I take a closer look at that. Do you really need to be nervous? It's angel. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever your talk is, you just slow it down and take a look at it. And sometimes we just railroad over it and just try to push through whatever that is. But, you know, there's, with, with, with meditation and with this mindfulness stuff I'm talking about, it's, sometimes it's just nice to just notice, you know, mm-hmm. not even worrying about what you're going to do with what you find yet. You'll figure that out once you once you start to really look. You you say to yourself, "Oh, I see this thing in myself. I'm not so sure I want to be like this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore." And you find ways to support yourself. But I think the first thing is actually taking a closer look, starting to get curious. And so meditation has helped me with that. And you know, to your point, like showing up is is probably the hardest part of it. And my practice not just in meditation, but my practice of showing up for myself, period, has been uh, the gift to me. You know, it's that, it's the, it's this feeling that like, I don't, I don't just have to feel okay every now and again when there's like perfect ideal circumstances. Like when I'm in the perfect mood, my partner's being wonderful, my kids are good, all these external things are good. Like I can have control over this inner experience to some degree, right? And so, um, and my practice is what helps me do that. And what I mean by practice is like the ways that I show up for myself, the way that the ways that I've discovered make me feel most like myself, you know, and doing them. And so for me, movement, getting back in my body is probably the one of the number one ways, one of the quickest ways for me to um, ground myself, to feel my feelings again, because most of my life has been spent up here in my head that reconnecting that um, mind body self is um, a big piece of work for me. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I like to end each interview by asking what is something that you're fostering currently? I feel like this whole interview was like what you're (laughs) fostering, but just to give it a concise word. Sure. Let me sit with this for a second. What am I fostering currently? Um, Hmm. You know, I am fostering I, I, this this season I'm activating, you know, I'm like, there's things that I have um, dreamed of for myself that I said, one day I'll do this, you know, one day I'll be an artist, one day I'll have time again to um, get my health together, 
one day there'll be more time and space like in the future and something in me in this taking the reins of my life again is like no let's do it let's go for it boo let's let's get it you know and so um I am making space for myself. That's, I'm fostering space to activate in these ways that I say that I want to be and show up in the world. And um, and that has been such a deep source of, oh, I could cry, it's such a deep source of pride. You know, my last few sessions with my therapist, I've just been crying tears of pride, mm. you know tears of pride. You know, we talk about all of these things that I'm talking about with you today, and it takes me in and out of my childhood and my experiences of feeling neglected in in ways and also cared for. You know, it kind of all goes together, but this feeling of feeling um, abandoned in the world and now saying to myself, I'm here. I'm here for you. Um, we can be who you've always wanted to be is, is what I'd say I'm fostering. It's like, yeah, I'm I love that. Yeah, this is so special because I I came to know you through your husband Shabazz, but yeah. I feel like I really got to know you, Ashley, like as the like as a person, not just like Shabazz's wife today. Yes, yes, and the artist feels- Ashley. Thank you, and it feels good to be known in that way. It feels good to use my voice. Sometimes I hide, you know. I I'm like, what do I have to say, you know? what will my voice say? But again, it's like, that's me, me learning to take up the spaces. Um, it's a really important part of my journey and all of our journeys. So. No, I want to encourage you to take up all the space. I'm like, we need a book soon. I'm ready to see (laughs) this exhibit. I'm ready for all things, Ashley. Thank you so much. That is also a life dream. So hopefully to come. Yes. Is there anything you want to plug or promote? Um, Sure. So I, as I mentioned before, um, I am, um, I'm, I'm the, I'm the head of wellness, but you know what that really just means to me is just like, I'm just trying to curate space for folks like myself, um, for black and brown women, for everyone in their orbit to, um, be able to take care of themselves, to use mindfulness as a vehicle to do that. And so, um, and to not feel alone in doing that. So True Voice is the app that I am um, a part of. And we're just making space for individuals and for us to do it together as a community to learn how to take care of ourselves and use uh, mindfulness and meditation as a vehicle. Um, True Voice is in the app store. Uh, we, are, we are on the newer side. So um, we, one of our big things is really making it a safe space for us to be brave, to share and be vulnerable. Um, and so, you know, you can download the app and then shortly after an invitation will be sent to you so that you can access it. And so we just try to really take our time in having folks come in right now uh, so that we can keep it safe, so we can keep it honest. And um, yeah. Totally. I love the meditations that you lead. Thank and you. I am just so grateful to be a part of your community and to know you. Well, likewise, Angel, you are such a gift and you're so, I love the space that you're making in this wellness um, journey that we're all kind of now embracing in such a beautiful Mm -hmm. way. And like I said, I'm a fan. I I love watching, you know, it's been so inspiring. I never even said this to you out loud. It's seeing your devotion to your practice of taking care of yourself. You know, you do such a beautiful job of showing us what that looks like, you know, 
like seeing you wake up at five or six or whatever. Not today. It doesn't have to be every day. But yeah. You show us how you show up for yourself um, is encouraging. It's like, oh yeah, I can do that for myself. And so I just love watching your journey in that way. I love that you share that with us and that you are like just carving out this really beautiful place to be curious about how we can all do that in our own ways um, without um, without all of the, what's the word, um, te- technical fanciness. You just, yeah. there's a pure curiosity of your own and you, you, you're, you're on it. So thank, thank you, you for saying that. You're going to make me get emotional. Now. Oh. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to my episode with Ashley. I, I don't know about y'all, but I just got so much out of that. Like I just, even though I'm not a mother or a wife, I just can relate to what she was saying so deeply. And I'm just so grateful to her for making the time. Like she said, if you want to join the True Voice community, it is a safe community. So it's something to be really respectful of. But I personally love being a part of that community. And it's super easy to download. You just go to the app store. And like she said, they'll send you an invitation. If you feel like you got a lot of value out of this and you think someone else might, please share this with a friend or a mother, a wife, just anyone. I mean, even men too. I feel like this would be a good one for men to listen to as well. Um, so yeah, please share it because it really helps our podcast grow. It helps us find new listeners. Also, if you really love this, please show us some love by giving it five stars, rating and reviewing it. It just means so much to me when y'all do that. All right. I hope you all have a good week and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.